0: Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash genre.
1: Over 180,000 titles to choose from from your iPhone, Android, or Kindle.
0: That's audibletrial.com forward slash G-E-N-R-E. Weirdo Bookworms Unite.
1: We want to share our love of genre fiction with you.
0: Some readers out there may look down on you for your love of horror, sci-fi, and fantasy, but not us.
1: So stop by as we discuss what we've been reading.
0: Hi, Genre Junkies. It's Sandra. And this is Scott. And we have a special guest today. Hello, special guest. Hi, everybody. It's Amanda. She's back. (laughs) I feel like I haven't been on the show in forever. I know. It's been a long time and I've missed you all so much. It's been too long.
1: It's been too long.
0: So Amanda and I are really going to be kind of um, steering this episode. And we do hope that Scott will pipe in from time to time with some color commentary
1: i'm like the producer in the corner that the camera just cuts to every once in a while or like behind the booth just yeah. like you know hits the slate mic real quick to say something
0: yeah that's that's what we want from you um because we're talking about some books that scott has not read and that is the folk of air series by holly black the queen of fairy holly black, <laughs> holly black. <laughs> she's amazing absolutely a stunning admirable person and writer so super excited to talk about these books we're going to be talking about the cruel prince uh spoiler free Then we're going to have a break and then we're going to come back and talk about the novella and the newest novel the wicked king So that's going to be kind of the structure of it. So don't worry if you're not familiar with these books, you'll have a chance to hear a little bit about it in a spoiler-free capacity and then decide if you want to read the rest of them or if you just want to hear us uh, talk about it. So let's have a little roundtable discussion, as we like to do here, and talk about some uh, genre things that we've been into
1: lately been a while since you've been on amanda so i'm sure there's a lot to talk about
0: absolutely there there is much to talk about (laughs) and i am completely prepared for that question (laughs) well we'll start so um recently scott and i watched a movie it was a shutter exclusive called summer of 84
1: That movie was fantastic.
0: Yeah, it's a horror movie, and um, we hadn't seen it yet before. We're new to Shudder, embarrassingly late to getting the Shudder channel, and so far it has not disappointed us at all, especially me. And we had been looking forward to watching Summer of 84, because it's by the same folks that made Turbo Kid, which is... absolutely absolutely amazing movie like if you haven't watched it please stop what you're doing and go watch turbo kid because it is so good but um summer of 84 is another one it's kind of a nostalgia thing about four uh boyfriends (laughs) not boyfriends but lads who are friends and they're like 15 is the summer of 84 and there's kids going missing in their area of Oregon where they live and one of them is like really into mysteries and conspiracies and he thinks he knows who the killer is in their neighborhood and he kind of gets the other boys to help him try to catch the killer.
1: And the relationship between the boys, it's it's very kind of Stephen King-ish. It's, yeah. it's, it's in that same vein. And that, that's really exciting for me. I'm kind of a sucker for the standby mes out there.
0: Oh, yeah. And it vacillates between serious and fun and lighthearted. And there's like a lot of Truth, and there's a lot of like, um, kind of real feeling stuff in it, but it's also, uh, really funny too.
1: Now, Sandra, are you sure that it would be classified as horror and not oh as a God. thriller?
0: It is horror, it is horror. You can. You guys know we've talked about this before.
1: We were having it? a discussion yeah. just earlier about that, and uh, I, I'm I'm in the camp that a thriller can be a horror, a horror can be a thriller. Mm-hmm. They can be both. They can live in both.
0: Yes, it's totally fine. <laughs> um, the other thing that I've got going on is I've been reading uh, Uzumaki by Junji Ito finally getting back into manga and horror manga, and I'm tackling this 500-plus page monster, and it's gross and disturbing and creepy. So everything you like. Yes, it's pure nightmare fuel, and I'm absolutely enjoying it. Alright, anybody else been ingesting any uh, genre- related content of any kind? TV, movie, book? Well, actually, this is uh, this is gonna sound late to the boat <laughs> for a lot of people. Um, there's a wonderful series that I absolutely Adore from Deborah Harkness. It's oh. a big hit, right? Everybody's heard of this. Yeah. Um, it's the All Souls trilogy, although she has another book out now. Mm-hmm. Um, the first book was called The Discovery of Witches, which obviously did really well. And then they fairly recently actually produced it into a TV series which is available on Shudder which is available on Shudder slash I think Sundance now you can find it it's either one yeah Uh, but they produced it in England I'm blanking completely on the production company's name right now but it's been released over there already so yeah yeah, they released it a year ago and you know these things happen they finally got to the United States just fairly recently and it is such a good adaptation It, it can be so hard to do the whole you know page To screen, thing, and I was so delighted by it. They hit the right tones, the cast is excellent everything about it just really worked for me. It's, it's heavy contemporary, like urban fantasy horror and mm-hmm. even a little bit of sci-fi. Is, is there a little sci-fi? Cause there's a time thing. Oh sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's sci-fi-ish. There's a time thing. There's a playing with time thing. Yeah. But there's vampires and witches and yeah, there's vampires, witches and demons in this particular uh, universe and, uh, the way that they all kind of survive and, uh, Get around us humans, not really knowing that they're there. Um, It's a lot of fun. It's a heavy romance too. Which, hey, look, things can be cross genre. Absolutely, yeah. (laughs) Doesn't mean you're not one or the other. And you read all the books. I only read the first book, but you read all the books. I read all the books. Yeah. And so the first series or season is uh, just the first first book, and it's it's really really nicely told. I think good good true adaptation. Yeah, absolutely. I recommend it to everybody.
1: Well, there we have
0: it. How about you, Scott? Anything?
1: Uh, well, I have been reading a short story compilation of uh, horror, sci-fi, and fantasy. It's called Score. It's not out yet, but uh, I'm really enjoying it so far. the The basic premise of it is the short stories are compiled in a way where it follows a typical musical score, where it has a where it has a crescendo towards the middle, and it has a resolution towards the end. and And so far, I'm I'm really enjoying it. I plan on talking about it a little bit more once it comes out. But so far, I really recommend picking it up.
0: That sounds like it is just completely made for you.
1: It really is.
0: (laughs) Uh, We also... I guess we're not sure when our episode's going to air in relation to their episode, but we are doing a little collab.
1: Yeah, we uh, just recently recorded a- an episode with The Cult Show. Uh, Yay! It, uh, we had a lot of fun. We really liked them over there. Uh, Kelly is one of the hosts who has been on this show in the in the past.
0: House of Leaves Kelly episode. Kelly Hitman. yep. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
1: And, I mean, Neil, the other host. And too- Caleb! And, K- and Caleb, they were so gracious and they were so much fun. I mean, they, they were just a lot of fun.
0: And so check our social medias to see exactly when that's going to air. They do it like you can watch us. You can actually see our physical form, not our final form, but our physical form on YouTube with them. And then uh, they also release it as a podcast, The Cult Show. So that'll be really exciting. Like, Amanda, that's something you get to look forward to do. I am very looking forward to it. <laughs> All right, without further ado, let's talk about The Cruel Prince by Holly Black. Let's do. I'm going to read a little bit of the synopsis from the book, because I think it sums it up pretty well. Jude was seven when her parents were murdered, and she and her two sisters were stolen away to live in the treacherous High Court of Faerie. Ten years later, Jude wants nothing more than to belong there, despite her mortality. But many of the fae despise humans, especially Prince Cardin, the youngest and wickedest son of the High King. To win a place at the court, she must defy him and face the consequences. As Jude becomes more deeply embroiled in palace intrigues and deceptions, she discovers her own capacity for trickery and bloodshed. But as betrayal threatens to drown the courts of Fairy in violence, Jude will need to risk her life in a dangerous alliance to save her sisters and fairy itself. <laughs> right? Like, okay, let's let's talk a little let's let's, let's unpack this here. Okay, so first of all, as we kind of mentioned, Holly Black is largely considered to be the queen of fairy writing. Mm-hmm. And I I love the way Sarah J. Moss writes fairy. I think she does it perfectly. I also think Holly Black does it perfectly. And they're very different. Absolutely. I mean, there's just more than one window into the whole idea of what fairy could be. But like Holly Black even has her ears pointed. So she looks like a fairy. That's commitment. And I love it. Me too. And it makes me like wish I could do that. But I think people would just think I'm a Vulcan. And I'm not a Vulcan. I do believe there is some Vulcan danger there. (laughs) And I mean, I I approve of it, but I don't think the Vulcans would approve of me. (laughs) I don't think they want me. I'm not smart or stoic, so I don't think I fit in.
1: And I'm not exactly a, a Star Trek expert, but I don't remember ever seeing a blonde Vulcan.
0: No, but I do have bangs. <laughs> they, all have that. they all have bangs. True. You are rocking a certain look. It'd, yeah it'd be oh god that's gonna make it even worse if i get my ears pointed then and i'm really gonna look like i'm trying too hard so and, and <laughs> anyway <laughs> one thing that it didn't mention in that synopsis is that jude's uh sisters one of them is actually her twin sister taryn and then Vivi is a few years older than them mm-hmm. so this is technically a young adult book though you know we don't like to stress on those pointers too much because i i mean i yeah the characters are young adults because they're 17 but it's very different than these aren't like suburban american kids though they were born that way they have been raised in fairy by the man who killed their parents yeah there's a twist for you (laughs) it's not a twist it's in the first few pages literally the prologue is explaining uh how he killed their parents (laughs) parents yeah and then he takes them as wards and they're raised in fairy so it's like they know they're human and they're different but they don't belong in the human world so that's why like jude and Taryn are trying so hard to fit into fairy and find a place because there are other mortals there yeah it should maybe be stated vivi their older sister is only half mortal yeah the guy who killed the parents was actually mom's first husband who is obviously one of the folk. Yeah, he's a red cap, which is really cool. There's not a whole lot of red
1: cap representation right.
0: out there. So I thought that was really, really neat. What is
1: a red cap?
0: It's a type of warmongering fairy.
1: See, I I'm just thinking like like Toad. No <laughs>
0: oh my god, it's not Toad from Mario Brothers. It's actually not Toad at all. It's not it's not at all Toad. <laughs> um, but but no that's a good one. one of the beautiful things about the way that she tells these stories is she takes real uh Uh, fairy tales like real um, old traditions of of who the good people are and things like that different flavors and styles of fairies Mm -hmm. and it puts them all into this world and it's also really cool that this is existing alongside our world so it's different than like Sarah J Maas in that way The, the characters actually travel a little bit back and forth between our world and the fairy world and it's known that humans can live there and fairy folk can come and live here but humans don't know about that unless you're in fairy. So it's like you could be living, you could be working with fae people and you have no idea. Absolutely. There's lots of different reasons why they'd uh, have to come over to our side of things and make mischief. Yeah, especially if they kind of are like in trouble in the fairy world and they need to disappear for a while. <laughs> good place to go on the run really yeah so amanda i would like you to start and i want you to go ahead and just speaking of the cruel prince of the first book i would like you to tell us all your experience score Ooh, i i mean pretty much immediately (laughs) off the bat obsession (laughs) (laughs) yeah i went straight there i mean this uh the, the way that these stories get told and kind of there's there's a darkness that sort of uh, mm. permeates everything that is going on in the story it just immediately grabbed me and then the lushness and and the really i hate to say cruelty because it's in the title but like the beautiful cruelty yes. of these particular kind of folk was just intoxicating i loved yeah. it and then of course there's this great story happening in it too uh i 100 percent agree definite obsession <laughs> and it only it's only gonna get worse people <laughs> (laughs) From this after this book and the rest of this podcast, such obsession. I agree. There is, um, I would classify these books as dark fantasy, which is my yeah, yeah, so would I. Yeah, I kind of like Three Dark Crowns series and, um, and a court of thorns and roses and stuff, too. There's a lot of political intrigue, like, especially if you're into that type of, like, almost Games of Thrones. Yeah, style. the machinations of the court and yeah. who's in power and what's going on, That the strategies. Right, because it's all about who you are in fairy. That's how you have any power. And you can imagine how, as mortals, they would be almost obsessed with getting power. But how do you do that when you are a mere mortal and these creatures are basically eternal? Yeah. And one of the other great little parts of this, too, is that uh, the folk can't lie, which isn't like something she made up necessarily, but she really embraces it in the story. Mortals can lie. The folk can't lie. So if you put that other layer on top of it, well, you can't lie to each other to, you know, to create power dynamics and Mm -hmm. get one over on people. So there's coercion and there's a lot of trickery and there's clever wordplay and there's things like that, yeah. that, that. That's how they structure their their society, which I think makes it even even better, even more interesting. And let's talk about her foil. Jude and Taryn's foil, really, in this book is Prince Carden. Uh, the, the royal family's kind of large. There's several princes and princesses in it. There's an elder king on the throne right now, but everybody knows his time is coming to an end. He's basically going to go into like the Grey Havens, <laughs> basically. Like, yeah, I forget exactly how they phrase it but yeah you're you he's gonna get he's done yeah he basically is gonna be choosing the time is coming yeah, yeah. and uh Prince Cardin is essentially the same age as them a teenager and him and all of his friends are the popular kids i mean obviously he's the prince he can literally do anything he wants to anyone no that's not to say he has to watch his toes a little bit because it is a court and you don't want to like make the wrong people mad but he can basically him and his friends harass belittle humiliate torture <laughs> these humans because they can Yeah, there's there are no real consequences for their behavior. And so like these girls are coming up in that these people who are unbelievably beautiful and magical and you're in their world and it's kind of your world, too. But you don't fit in. You might even feel attracted to these people. And you're like, why am I attracted to these monsters? And I love it when Faye is represented differently than humans because they are cruel. Like and it's almost like it's just their nature. Yeah. I think if you're an immortal being (laughs) with, you know, magic powers and incredible physical beauty, it would be a little bit of a challenge to maintain, like, a humble, nice (laughs) demeanor among those that you (laughs) feel are quite lesser than you. Uh, There is such richness to Holly Black's prose, too. She's another one, like our dear Kendar Blake, that we love so much that she describes food in a way. It's beautiful that you're just like I am hungry for that thing and even sometimes like they're eating venison and like creatures that I don't eat and you don't eat either and we're (laughs) we're like we're pescatarians but it's like oh my god I want nothing more than a bloody piece of venison right now sounds (laughs) good yeah they're enjoying the heck out of it
1: and she's making it sound delicious I think it's funny how the way that food is described is such an important thing to all three of us in books (laughs) I feel like we should we should like make a cookbook of just a genre junkies cookbook of recipes inspired by these books.
0: Oh my God. And even more than the food, there's their alcohol is like, almost too strong for humans to drink and they drink it out of little tiny acorn cups and it's almost too strong for fairy folk to drink and they also take this drug that leaves your mouth gold yeah gold dusted yeah and it's just like it really screws up fairies, so you really shouldn't take it as a human but again when she's describing these intoxicants you're like yeah i i want some yeah I'll take well, it has that. to be beguiling it has to be yeah. appealing right Otherwise- oh and their clothes oh if you love to hear depictions yeah. of clothing it's very satisfying it's so satisfying <laughs> and the jewels the riches they have oh my gosh it is the entire book it's hard to not be obsessed because you're relating to the characters i think most of us will relate to jude more than taryn uh let's talk about them a little bit yeah let's talk about them a little bit (laughs) uh so jude who is the one that we're following Mm -hmm. she's she's kind of our gal yeah she's our narrator she is yeah so we're entering this all through her eyes very much so jude is a fighter like yeah. down below in the little depths of her soul that is who she is she Karen, doesn't like to back down to the folk mm-mm. we kind of come in where she's been doing it for a long time and she's like I'm not doing this anymore yeah but it's but it's just been like stoking the flame really just the fact that she hasn't finally lost her cool on Carden and the rest of them uh, I, I kind of wanted to just back up and, and just remind ourselves that one of the reasons why they're there at all and being raised alongside these court families is because Maddock the one who who uh, actually the red, cap. the red cap who killed the parents and all of that. He is the like master general of the armies of fairy. Yeah. So he is very high ranking and it's a big deal. being a red cap too. He's very dangerous just by himself. So <laughs> he has a bloodlust. Yeah. So we mentioned before <laughs> that Carden and his posse um, harassed and really, really kind of tortured these other kids. They never took it too far to the point where there would be evidence because of all the people that is somebody who Carden might not want to actually you piss don't want to, off. Yeah, you, you don't you don't want to tick him off. And then on the other side of that, Taryn is more gentle, she's more reserved. She thinks about things. A little more, (laughs) she thinks things through more than Jude does, where she's like consequences of actions. And she cares greatly what others think of her, Mm -hmm. which is something that is very true, I think, for a lot of people. And they might see a little bit of themselves reflected in that, where she wants a place in fairy is different than how Jude wants a place in Faria. Right. The reason I mentioned Matic before is because there's something about Matic that I think deep down in Jude, she really connects with it. Yes. This guy who's also a fighter and a strategist and, a, and a, really a general. I think there's something about that that calls to her too. Yeah. So that's why I mentioned that. But so Taryn is the opposite though. Taryn is more of a people pleaser. She's kind of a long, slow game player. Yeah. <laughs> um, she's able to ke- keep her cool yeah. and... And want to try to keep the boat from being rocked too much all the time. Um, Matic is definitely one of my favorite characters. He's Same. Yeah. I think a lot of people really like Matic. And there's a lot to be said about their relationship to Matic. And I don't want to divulge too much into it. But it's really fascinating how they love him and he loves them despite the fact that he murdered their parents it's very complicated it's 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 complicated people yeah but but no but I like that he's a character with many layers he's not just one thing and I mean right. you could make a fairy character who's just exactly one thing yeah but that just wouldn't be he good really enough. loves them and raised them as his children and it's like you have to allow fairies to be kind of mean and screwed up these these books have an element of gore to them that really satisfied my own uh, bloodlust, uh, red cap needs. As especially later in the book, things are they get a little. Whoa, okay, that's gory. Yeah, in a book like this, you don't necessarily expect people to go there. Yeah. Um, but you Holly expect- Black goes there. And it's not all flowery romance stuff. Like, there is romance
1: in it. So is this book, is this book sexy? No, it's not okay. No, so it's, I, I it's not like so. a Sarah Jane Moss sexiness. No, no, I'm no, no, about. no. Okay, yeah, <laughs> it
0: doesn't have that kind of romance to it. It's it's more of a. It's I can't say it's chaste exactly, but yeah, it's not a storybook romance. It's it's not even necessarily always a romance. Romance. It's it's yeah. more got that aesthetic of romance. That kind of that visceral sort of desire. that yeah. that's sort of embedded passion. in it. The um, passion, you might say. You know, one of the great things too in fairies, um, there are many different kinds of fairy, like we talked about before. Yeah, but they are. Physically, very very different looking types of creatures. Some yeah. of them look like, like what s- I might call high fae, or very human <laughs> in appearance, just yeah. with a little difference of the eyes, a little difference of the ears. But then there's other ones that have elongated faces, or it's like basically of, a rock with legs. Yeah, <laughs> like and that's totally normal. That's just another person. You you, you can you can fall in love with a rock with legs. That's fine. Whatever, as long as it's a fairy.
1: Yeah, <laughs> there's a squat little mushrooms running around called the red caps.
0: <laughs> no. They're quite tall, and they have fangs. There you go. All right, so we're going to give this an appeal score and then move on to our break and spoiler section i'll go first this time um appeal i mean i want to say broad i want to say math i want to say mass because i mean really of course there's going to be people who don't like this but this series is really really good i guess i should be fair and say broad because i didn't think scott would love these books and so i didn't force him to read them But I think if you're all picking up what we're laying down, you're gonna like this. I agree. I mean, and I I don't want to make too many uh, inroads to Game of Thrones, but honestly, Game of Thrones is pretty, um, I don't know (laughs) what's... Um, in your face about stuff um and i think that can easily be termed as a mass uh sensation yeah so i don't see anything wrong with saying that this is mass i would probably edge toward broad too just because i'm always concerned that oh no I don't... people won't like it <laughs> but if i say mass more people will <laughs> somehow not like it than otherwise would have yeah um
1: at least broad broad mass
0: Broad mass, mass broad.
1: If I can jump in real quick, because I'm curious, because sure, because with with your broad score, I, I'm not typically into fairy books. I have nothing against them; they just never really draw a shiny me. Creature. Um, I so like you know kind of what I would think to be a mass appeal fairy book would want would be one that would appeal to me. Like I would really enjoy and love, even though it's not usually my kind of thing. Do Do you think that I would enjoy this?
0: Now, see, here's the thing is, I do think you would enjoy it, but... I didn't want you to have to read this because I wanted to experience this with someone else who was obsessed with it. Absolutely. I, like, I you did. might enjoy it but you're not going to be obsessed. I I know I think I I don't think you'd be obsessed, you are right? Um and other people might not be, but I I I make a lot of connections actually to the hazelwood with this. Oh. So I think if that appeals to you, this is something you should give a try.
1: You have my attention.
0: <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> yes, the hazelwood there's not as much of a of a head trippy kind of thing that you get with the Hazelwood, but it's similar in things. Just don't plot along on the predicted course. Things are more complicated than you know <laughs> when you start out, and uh, and yeah, things go differently than other stories. I'm not saying that well. <laughs> i think i think you're saying it just fine it's just not a paint by number a no. fairy story no we go places it's gonna take you places <laughs> and we're gonna take you to a break and then the spoiler section to talk about the rest of the series
2: hi podcast listener are you that weirdo in your group of friends who loves horror movies i sometimes like to see sick nasty things and this is kind of a sick nasty movie Do you wish you knew other weirdos who could let you know what's worth seeing in theaters and help you find those hidden gems on streaming platforms?
1: No, the trailer should be like, it'll make you feel uneasy.
2: Then you should check out The Bloodlust, because that's what we've been doing since 2014. Every other week, we bring you a new, in-depth review of films from all over the wide map of horror. I'm always fond of found footage. Movies, that's a lot of Fs. Nordic noir. Ooh, I love Mm.
0: it. Ghost jumping out at you does not a horror movie make.
2: (laughs) Highbrow or lowbrow? into your blockbuster. The Bloodlust respects them all. I love me a good epic adventure. We pride ourselves on giving our opinions without being snobs or dbags about it. I don't like
1: this movie. 100% not but.
2: Okay. Yeah, and I hate movies that are over two hours long just on principle. Sometimes we can get a little dark. Mental torture, that's what life is. That's what adult life yeah. is yeah, like. Yeah, I know. I don't need any more of it. Right, see, that's But it's thing. very cathartic to me. But it's all in good fun. So come join us at thebloodlust.net or wherever you listen to podcasts and celebrate the best and most misunderstood genre of them all.
1: That's the difference between me and you guys. You guys saw it and you were like, wow, interesting exploration of the
0: human feelings. And I saw it and I'm like, my nervous system is overloaded and I'm going to vomit. Yeah. Alright, we're not gonna waste any time. We gotta we gotta cover Oops. a book and a novella here, people. <laughs> Let's get into this. Welcome back to the spoiler section. Oh what a ride. Oh what a ride the way that book ends. <laughs> oh my gosh it's okay so cinematic too so, oh so cinematic we end well, okay near the end so even the end of the book there's a bloody coup oh, and yeah. even before that Jude has started working for the Court of Shadows she is bound to Prince Dane she is kind of his creature and she is working as a spy for him and she's got these other spy cohorts that she's bonded with and she is making a place for herself and fairy whether anybody wants to or not it is completely a secret and and largely this is because cardin had pushed her too far past the point of return where she just makes a decision like what if they kill me i don't care but i'm not taking this lying down Mm -mm. anymore we know Taryn has found love and that is how she wants to be in fairy she wants to be a lady love a lady of the court um Jude betrayed Maddox We found out that uh, she poisoned him. Yeah, she really, a great him. way too. <laughs> oh, and he's so proud of her for it. He's too. so proud of her. He's <laughs> so like, mad, and he's so like you can just tell. He's just like ah, that's my girl. But he's so proud of her. Turns out that Oak, their little brother, who's so precious with his little horns and goat legs, I love him. Um, he's the little boy, and he is he's n- seven. Is he, yeah, he's uh, seven. He is not Maddox and Oriana's son. He is actually a prince a fairy yeah he's actually part of the royal family and jude wants him to have a chance at a normal childhood she wants him to be able to grow and be part of the court when he is ready so she tricks carden into into being in her service for a year and a day so that she can be his seneschal and She's got a year and a day to figure out how to get Oak ready to be king mm-hmm. while Vivi takes him to the human world and raises him. Yeah. And just to catch you up, Scott, and anybody else who might not have read this closely but is still listening, <laughs> um, um, for, for as the enchantment around the crown of fairy, the actual physical thing that gives power to the high king, um, it has to be placed on the head of a, of a family member by another family member. It's very particular. It's a very particular hat. (laughs) Um... (laughs) But anyway, um, so in this bloody coup that happened, which everything went awry in it, but they, um, was it Dane who had orchestrated? It? No, it was Balkin. Balkin is the one who orchestrated it all. He killed everybody else in his family except for Carden, the uh, brother of his whom he'd sort of raised, but like in a really horrible our way. Our cruel prince, yeah. our cruel prince, yes, Prince Carden. Um, he killed everybody but them. None of them knew about Oak yet. They didn't know that there was another member of the family just <laughs> wafting around. Um, and that was all to a point because clearly this family isn't really great to each other. <laughs> they were they were trying to protect loyal, him. royal high Faye. fantasy. Yeah, yeah exactly. Fae people because are generally Faye. not. Yep. Uh, so uh, anyway, so go ahead with what you're saying. Well, OK, so let's. Okay, well, let's put a pin in Carden and Jude, but we found out why he hates her so much, which isn't really a big surprise, but it kind of is. He wants her. He wants her very badly, and he can't deal with that because he's like, why do I want a mortal? What's wrong with me? And so he's like obsessed with her and she's kind of obsessed with him she's too. She's totally obsessed with him. But they cannot be. And I want to talk more about their relationship later in relation to um, The Wicked Deep. Yeah, it it, it changes. Uh, it the Wicked King. Around. God, The Wicked Deep is another book I read. <laughs> the Wicked King by Holly Black. I was just going to roll with it. Let's talk about The Lost Sisters. Oh, let's do. This is a very, very short novella. It is. I'm surprised it actually makes it to novella status. I thought it was a short story, but I mean, it, that's semantics. Who it's, cares? It's only available as an e-reader. Um, and this is where we get Taryn's side of the story, the events of the first book. So things got real complicated. The twins are not on speaking terms at the in this novella and also at the start of The Wicked King. Because Terrence found her way in. She's having a love affair with Locke, who is a very um high up there foxy, like literally foxy. Yeah, I they, yeah they I think they call her <laughs> or, or Holly Black calls them foxkin. Yeah. At some point later on because of the red hair and And obviously. they have like a foxy look about them. Um So Taryn is having an affair with Locke, one of Carton's closest friends, and he wants to test her. Because he's a fae and because he's a foxkin specifically, I think, he decides, like, he's like, well, if you want to be with me, how much can you really put up with? So he seduces Jude. Taryn knows this, but it's all a ruse to see if Taryn will break. Yeah, because he and Taryn, uh, their relationship has been secret. Yeah. So how long can she keep the secret? How long can she keep the tension? And Taryn passes. And of course, Jude feels like a damned fool having been, you know, seduced by Locke when really it was all just a test and a game, really. More cruel fake games. So the question is, Taryn, why do you want to be with him? Taryn, why do you want to be in the world in this way? Because now they're going to get married. And he's like, oh, remember, we love differently than you. You. it's true i mean you, you can't be just a normal tender-hearted mortal and survive in that world so it's not completely out of the realm that he would test her and so, yeah like in a way but it's screwed up well it's very screwed up it's entirely screwed it's problematic. up problematic <laughs> but i mean if but i mean if she is standing there saying i want to live in this world like she could go home and so so could uh Jude, they could go back to the mortal world at this point. They're teenagers; they can they can make the decision, and if they can take care of themselves, I don't think Maddox would have gone after them either. Like they could have left, but they don't want to because this is really where they've been raised. They were very little when they came over; <laughs> they came over from <laughs> overseas, right? And so they immigrated, yeah. So very... they have learned how to grow to adulthood in this toxic, twisted little world, and so they both want to get kind of their piece of it, which is another just fold in the story that i love so much no no character is one note taryn is it sounds one note but taryn wants to be the girl in the story she wants to be in the Ballad in the romance of Faye, mm-hmm. so it seems. Yeah, like she, she <laughs> kind of wants to win the story. She wants yeah. to be the one who gets to the man at the end, or whatever yeah. it is. Um, I do really enjoy Locke as a character, though he is insidious. I feel like I'd be a happy foxkin uh, because of the foxes. <laughs> And uh, there's a feralness to them. Like, he even says, like, his dad couldn't live in court. He was too feral. So he's off somewhere living in the deepest, darkest part of the forest. And um, mom died. Uh, she was a courtesan to the king and she, like, uh, like got pregnant or something and they didn't like that and they killed her. Do, do you not remember? the? She got pregnant with Oak. Yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. Well, yes, yeah, this is no, the I know. exactly. Like, this, this is a whole... More... I'm, like, holding back and it's like it's the... It's well, late. no, I mean, because I, I, I read through these things so quickly that sometimes I kind of forgot where sort of uh, some of the it's pieces a, meet yeah. in the middle. Um. But, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm not misremembering that. No, Am I? that's... Yeah, we're pretty sure that's true. (laughs) But so anyway, so he has been kind of left to his own uh, devices as well to kind of live out this debaucherous fairy life. And now and he does care for Taryn, but it's in his own really weird twisted way. But this the whole point of this novella is to really show you, like, Taryn's side of the story. Right, that Taryn isn't just this hapless victim that kind of got caught up in something, which you might think a little bit if you'd only read the first book and then been like, well, well but why did she betray her sister like this? Well, again, it's there's a lot of selfishness in it, but I think it, it does help to kind of hear her story and yeah. sort of her explanation for what was going on on her level yeah. while Jude was going through all the experiences of the first First book. Right. And how she was trying to find her place in it all and to make it make sense. And how she's not a fighter. She's not going to be a, a spy in the Court of Shadows. She's like, if I'm going to make my place in this world, this is how I'm going to do it. And I'm going to use my feminine wiles, basically. Yeah, sure. If that's the tool that she wants to use in the toolkit. Then that's what she's going to do. I think it was really cool of Holly to come out with this novella to try to extend some compassion towards Taryn. I was still not, like, bought into Taryn, but my heart softened toward her. It it did, and honestly, it kind of softened toward Locke a little bit, too. For sure. Because it, it made it feel, at least from her perspective, that he actually is is interested in her. Like, really, want, he's willing to marry her because I think she's more than he ever gave her credit for, and that's very interesting to him. Yeah. And I, I think he, of course, sees her as a tool, too, something that he'll be able to use in Just like Jude, life. Because they can lie. Mortals can lie. Mortals can lie, which is kind of a golden ticket thing. But the thing is, everybody knows mortals can lie. So there's that layer. So Nobody really trusts mortals. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I can't blame them. But, uh, yeah the i i liked both of them more i had more of an appreciation for them and their part of the story having read that so i'm really glad that she wrote that and put it out there for us yeah and it's still her absolutely beautiful mesmerizing writing and it was so hard to finish that novel and be like but but i want more i i I want more right now and so it's like yeah then we got the wicked king thankfully Mm. so let's talk about the wicked king can we Yes. So in this book, Jude is now the son of Shaul. She's the power behind the throne. Nobody knows that Cardin is her puppet because she has control of him for a year and a day, but uh, he knows. <laughs> and he's kind of like, I thought we were vibing and then you betrayed me. So their relationship is a little complicated. Uh, they're they were, not. Yeah, yeah. She betrayed his trust in a big way yeah like, yeah he had been nasty but she also found out kind of why he'd been so nasty he was more horribly so. abused he's been yeah that prince Balkan we mentioned before not a great big brother he's type disgusting yeah He'd really fit in in uh, what's their names' house in uh, Game of Thrones, the flayed people. Yeah, he could be a Bolton. Bolton, yeah, he'd be a great Bolton. (laughs) Let's put it that way. (laughs) Um, So now Jude's like, okay, so here I am. And now I have a complicated relationship with my family because... And with fairy in general, I've got to keep my brother over here in the fairy world. I've got to try to keep fairy going because the, the king in fairy is super tied to the land. Like they basically say it in there, like if he gets drunk, the people act drunk. Mm-hmm. Um, when he like cries flowers grow like he's so tied to the land and we have the sea people kind of rising oh, yes. up the people of the undersea oh my Queen gosh orla and her brood and they are no joke if you thought that land fairies were cruel Yeah, the the sea folk really aren't (laughs) fettered by as many rules. (laughs) No, they basically do whatever they want. Yeah. And they're harsh. And Nicasia is quite a piece of work. Nicasia is the crown princess of the undersea. Oh, you say Nicasia? Oh, I don't know. I I listened to part of this with the audiobook, so the pronunciations from that reader are kind of in my head. I don't know if they're correct or not. See, I like Nicasia more than Nicasia. Well, yes, yeah, <laughs> that's how I say There's it. so many different ways you can look at that word and wonder, hmm, where should I go with the inflections? Um, but Nikasia is what she says in it, so in my brain, that's what it is now. Um, so we're getting even more of this political turmoil stuff in this book because she literally is involved in the court life so specifically, and everybody thinks that Cardin is a drunk and a rogue, which he is. But he changes over time in this book well he's he's always got something cooking. there's always in the something in the fire. He's much cleverer than he lets on mm-hmm. and um, in the midst of all this too, he's been having the uh, other people in the court of shadows train him on things on uh, yes! pocketing and uh, being a, I think one of them calls it a sly foot. yeah <laughs> Which is really cool. Which is wonderful. Um, let's talk a little bit about Carden and Jude's dynamic and how it changes in the book. Because I think a lot of people really love hate to love. They really love Hades, Persephone. And they really like angsty romance. This is the king of that. <laughs> this is the queen of that. This is like, oh my god. Like, even at the end of this book, they're not where you want them to be. No, they refuse to be where I put them. Exactly. Like they are starting to hook up. They're starting mm-hmm. to get physical. Mm hmm. Starting to have relations. Yep. There's starting to be some trust being built. But it's, I can't say it's a love hate relationship. It is a hate love relationship. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like they, And it's like they admire all these things about each other, but they don't trust each other. And it sounds really broken, but it works and you are just like, oh my God, like, can you guys please just be together forever i like need this in my life the Um, reason that the twistedness of it works too is because you accept that this is the reality of the world there you're not going to change fairy you're not going to make fairies be nice neither of them are using each other any more than the other is using each other it's true it's uh definitely an equals kind of thing even at the end of this book they are married. They are married. And they still cannot stand each other. And then he banishes her. He banishes her in front of everybody. Back to the mortal world, which is a humiliation. Oh my gosh, yeah. Because she got caught, she saved his bacon more than once, of course, and throughout the the whole of this, and and also something just to not to get away from the romance part of it, but another big piece of it too is I think that she w- begins to really recognize how much she cares about fairy, yeah. about the land, about about this world, and uh, desperately wants to save it. Part of that is because she wants to put her little brother on the throne, yeah, um, and you know wants to give him a whole a country for him to come home to one day when he's older but but also because i think she feels a pride in the place and yeah. and is tied to it in a way that she i don't think she even expected to be it's not just at the end that she wants position it's she wants recognition and she wants all of that but she's also found this like hunger for power in herself too which yeah. makes her more fairy really <laughs> than a lot of the folks who yeah. were there um so she's struggling through all these complicated relationships her relationship with matic her relationship with taryn uh, it's all just getting really messy and strange with Cardin, and then she ends up getting kidnapped by queen orla and oh. forced to go to the undersea this was definitely my favorite part of the book. My favorite part of the first book was um, the the bloody banquet when everybody dies. Oh, sure. Because it was so unexpected and so dark and so gory. It was so supposed to be this gory. easy coronation. The, yeah. the favored prince was going to get the crown and we were all going to feast Madoc and revel. rips a man in half with a sword. He does do that. Definitely. And it's like really graphic, like his spinal column. I want to say it's like ding, 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 like bopping <laughs> back and forth like a tuning fork. But that's my favorite part of this book, even though it was really hard to read, is when she is being captive in the undersea because she has to pretend that she is bespelled. Mm-hmm. And so she has to go along with all of the torture they're putting her through and basically pretend to like it. Yeah, um, she had had uh, in the first book, she'd had that, um, I'm going call, to call it a gess yeah. <laughs> put on her that, uh, so that she couldn't be, uh, what's the word, glamored yeah. um, by the magic of the Fae anymore. Um, so she can't be controlled is, was her whole thing. She didn't want to be controlled anymore uh, to kind of level the playing field. So now we are, you know, much later on in the story now she's been kidnapped and taken to the undersea and they think they have her under thrall and she is, can't reveal the truth she, she has to go along with all these horrible things that they're doing and, and listen to his. oh no this is the finest delicacy in the world this thing you're eating and it's like rocks or something but she has to act like it's wonderful and thank them for yeah. it and, and act like she's going along with their plan for when she gets back up on land eventually to kill Carden um, and they like They almost kill her many times. They put her through psychological torture. It is, she like basically has to steal herself in this unbelievable way that makes you love her even more. And, you know, and then Carden strikes a deal and he comes to rescue her. But it's like the entire undersea is just this crazy, beautiful, beautiful, Bizarre fairy world Mm -hmm. of merfolk and selkies, and like they ride on sharks. It's a whole thing. Yeah, and it's much more malicious than than the uh, the ground folk, the earth folk, or whatever that that live above the water. And Cardin really has to grow up in the month she's gone, and has to take a lot of responsibility because we already know he's starting to enjoy being king, and he actually is also starting to like uh, Jude, really care about the land and about the people. Mm -hmm. So he's got to really step up his game as king. Yeah, once they realize that Jude is gone and he knows where she's gone to, there's nobody to tell him what to do anymore. He's got to figure it out on his own. And let's not forget too that from the events of the first book, Jude is now a killer. She's a murderer, and she's going to murder again in this book. She kills Belkin. Um, She killed Valerian in the first book, and I think she kills a few other random yeah. fae all, all, all along the way. But um, Valerian had it coming. Oh yeah, it was really self defense with Valerian. Yeah, because uh, he was. Uh, oh, what's the what's the word when you're you just want to hurt people? Sadistic. <laughs> That's the one. He was. He was sadistic. He's pretty twisted. He's not just like a cruel fairy for fairy's sake. He's like a psycho. Yeah. It, he takes it to a different level. Um, other fairies are cruel to get something out of the bargain. You know, it's yeah. something out of the deal to get one over on somebody or whatever. Um, he was just just mean for the spite of it. <laughs> yeah, he's just nasty. Yeah. Um, anyway, so Jude has changed too. Because, you know, Maddox had told her in the first book, you're no killer. And it's, and that is. just stuck in her head. you can yeah. hear it Echoing all the time, yeah. and it's not that I think that she didn't think she was a killer. I think that she didn't really understand what he meant when he said it. Yeah, and once she had killed Valerian, it's oh that, but I am that. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> let's talk about the big twists in this mm-hmm. book. So already the big twists we put out there that she gets banished to fairy. Okay. First of all, let's just talk about banished fairy. I dropped my teeth. I f- felt physically ill, and then I was like, okay, this is not. He's doing this. That was me as well. I was like, I thought we were finally at a point. We were going to go from here. Everything was going to be good. The book ends. And he just flips that table. The book ends. Her and Vivi are in the human world in an apartment with Oak. Vivi's girlfriends left her because of uh, lying about Faye. And they're eating fish sticks on the couch and bemoaning their freaking lives. Hmm. Which, by the way, eating fish sticks on the couch is the way the very first First part of the first book begins. Yeah. And so it's like she's gone from being the seneschal through going through all these trials and tribulations of fairy to now being banished. And and, Yeah. But I was like, it's okay. Cardin is doing this for a reason. He is doing this for a reason. And it's, I don't think it's just to be a jerk. I think it's because he's got some motive operandi. He's seen a bigger picture thing to marrying her and removing her. If he was just going to remove her, he could have figured out a different way to do that. Yeah, Why did he offer to marry her? at first the and the thing that should be said here too is that uh fairy marriages are secret like yeah. they're, they're private it's just between the two people getting married or i guess people's fine <laughs> between the two creatures getting married um so it does it, then he kind of declare that hey yeah we did it <laughs> we're married now. we did a thing yeah um so nobody knows about it and then the next day is when well she kind of blurted it out when he banished her he said, yeah yeah she's like but i I'm the queen of fairy. And And everybody just laughs uproariously and he doesn't say it's not true, but he does move the situation along very quickly and gets her taken away back to the mortal world. But there has to be a reason for it besides that he's punishing her for some reason. I think he's got a bigger plot turning, don't you think? Oh, I think so, definitely. And um, I think the fact that he has Nikasia stay there, too, um, after it's all been revealed about, you know, her involvement and everything and what her mother wanted out of the situation, the whole reason Jude got swept up into it and everything, um, he could have banished her or even had Nikasia killed or something else. But instead, he allows her to come back and live, um, you know, with the with the folk. I guess you, it's the folk of the air as opposed to the folk For of the, the water. water. <laughs> um, and, you know... And the same time of banishing Jude so it looks like he's putting all this favor onto Nicasia and I just can't believe that that's the whole, whole part of the story at this yeah. point and believe Jude, nothing that you see and that Jude thinks that She doesn't get it. And it's like, Jude, this is bigger than just what you think it is. Well, and also in that big old climactic moment there when all this other stuff is happening, remember, he summons up a brand new island for fairy. He has figured out his tie to the land and he has figured out how to maximize his power. So there's definitely a trajectory there and more going on that Jude doesn't know. And that's something else that Holly Black does just so well is that she, some some writers really can't have two disparate stories happening at the same time like in the end it's always going to tie into our main voices experience not the case here um, there's legitimately going to be other things happening at the same time which will justify later you know why events occurred and so I definitely think you know the the novella that is Prince Carden's story through this book will be very fascinating so the other big twist in all of this is that Taryn has been scheming with Matic Taryn oh, yeah. Is not as innocent as she seems. Like, not that she ever seemed innocent, but like, it seemed that she. Was into partying and being a pretty fairy, <laughs> not into machinations and political movements. And she's been scheming with Matic. At some point, she actually dresses up like she's Jude and goes and gives Carden an order and he follows it. Because he thinks it's because Jude. Because he thinks it's Jude. And at that point, their trust had been reestablished and he didn't question it. And that's when alarm bells, I think, go off in his head where he's like, uh uh-uh, uh, I can't, no, I can't actually let somebody in like this. Nope. And I think. That's part of the reason why he he gets rid of her and sends her off to the mortal land. Because well, I think he knows he's got to deal with Terran and Maddox. And Maddox. And, Mad- Mad- and is left now and is gathering his armed forces and everything. There's, there's going to be battle. There's going to be blood coming up. Right. But, so he needs to not be able to be tricked by Terran. Yeah. So well, he needs to have friends, close enemies closer. Yeah. And I, th- I think the thing is that it, she's just made him too vulnerable now. And he's pulling back from that. Okay. So you think it's a little bit of emotion and a little bit of strategy? I think it's both. I do. I can see that, but that makes me. I am like, I cannot even handle when this next book comes out. I have to uh, double up I mean, on my blood pressure. Carden is keeping. <laughs> Carden is keeping things held down, but he still. It's like, are you gonna give Oak the crown eventually? Or are you just gonna keep this? We don't really know at this point because yeah. yep. he started out hating it and now he's kind of loving it. Yeah, he didn't want to be king, but now he's got it. Oh, my gosh, you guys. These books. Um, I, g- I guess we could say this is obsession as well. It's just obsession all the way through. Obsession squared. Obsession. Obsession. Obsession to the third power. Obsession to the third power. Um, I, r- When does the next book come out? Do you know? Um, I don't know. Too late for my... <laughs> for my money because I need it right now I will probably read these three books two books and a novella like four more times before the <laughs> I, I don't want to put, i don't want to put numbers on it but yeah likely four and you mentioned audiobook this was a good one to have an audiobook and i think especially um you could listen to the audiobook multiple times just like you could read it multiple times yeah don't you think yeah i'm not crazy about the cover art for the wicked king as much as i am about the cover art for the cruel prince but it still has some of those really beautiful little illustrations throughout the book just little tiny things like to divide chapters and mm mm-hmm chapter sure. sections and, of course, a great map. And Scott, did we mention that you can ride on giant toads like horses here? Oh, yeah. Totally normal means of transportation.
1: I feel like that's something that could have been brought to my attention a while ago, and I could have been participating in this episode a little bit more.
0: <laughs> they do take horses and other steeds, but traveling by toad is um giant toad. It is really acceptable. It, it must is. be
1: fascinating to be able to ride just in leaps as opposed to galloping. Like, it's yeah. one one leap at a time. <laughs> it's and a so, metaphor
0: for life and I love it.
1: <laughs>
0: and her world is intoxicating. Her world is familiar and different and beautiful and cruel and strange. I'm, uh, I'm just obsessed with these books. It is just so gushy. I really don't have anything critical to say about them. I mean, I suppose you could nitpick a little. I, I guess I would have liked a pronunciation guide. Hey, <laughs> there you, there you go. go. There's my nitpick.
1: Is there is there a, like a family chart in the beginning as no well? No family chart. Oh. So I guess
0: I just would like more materials. It's, it's missing some <laughs> the of, <normal> th- <laughs> of the book. The
1: book is there's just not enough book. It, there and, needs to be a little bit more of the fantasy trope that, you know, you have You have the long, like, family tree of all the different families oh, and I the pronunciation that. guide. And, and how about and, a little bit of a history book beforehand?
0: Yes. And talk about a role model for writing, too, because the first book is, I want to say, around 370 pages. This The second book, The Wicked King, is... 317 and she crams in not a wasted word no oh my goodness isn't that crazy yeah i didn't realize it was that short honestly but she just nothing wasted every page is juicy and telling and rich um my Mm. my hat i doff my cap to you holly black and mine is doffed too (laughs) Manda thank you so much for reading these books with me because I knew you were going to give me what I needed. You were going to help enable this obsession and I would be able to feed your obsession and we could just be geeky fairy fans. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. I know it's just a gush session really, but ah, oh, it's so gushworthy. You know, sometimes things are just gushworthy. Just gushworthy. Put that on your ratings. <laughs> okay, Manda. Yeah. How many owl-faced hobs out of five would you give this book? Oh, that's going to be a a full five owl-faced hobs, Sandra. (laughs) Me too. And a hob and a half. (laughs) Um, Because... Okay, first of all, the owl faced Hob is a minor character in this, but Amanda and I have mentioned before our obsession with the owl faced hob. Plus, yes, it's got this delightful little line. The very first thing it says to her is like, What's wrong, sweet meat? <laughs> it's like it wants it's to eat so great. It wants to eat her. <laughs> um, there's also there's some other wonderful little creatures like that, like Chatterfell. Like, yeah. That's it. The little side characters just make it. They just make flesh this whole thing out. Yeah. That's why you buy the the machinations of these grand figures. Because even the little people on the sides <laughs> are, are equally um, impish and delightful. And, and some of them are spies, like the bomb, a yeah. little spy. Some of them are actual imps. Yeah. Um, No, absolutely five out of five. Nothing I would change except for to have more books uh, readily available to me at any time. Um, The other thing I would change is I want Holly Black to be here and stroke my hair while I read these books because I can't handle them. Thank you, Holly Black. Thank you, All-Face Taub. Thank you, Amanda. (laughs) Thank you guys for joining us. Round of applause. Let's hear it for the fairies, for the little fairies in the back. And as always... Let's hear it for the
1: fairies!
0: Let's give the fire a hand. <laughs> okay, um, as always, look under your bed because you never know what tiny little owl-faced hob could be in your in your closet or just around the corner. So keep reading past your bedtime. <laughs> So Scott, I'm not going to put this on the podcast, but it is a joke because Amanda and I could not remember Taryn's name for a long time. I started calling her George, pronounced in the French pronunciation. Mm-hmm. George, and so I'm trying to not call her George on the show. <laughs> I even sent Amanda one of those little YouTube videos. It's like George, George, George.